Amen? Amen, amen. Well, we're going to get right into it today, so I'm just going to tell you it was prayer, it was giving, and it was fasting. Okay? <laughs> See, preachers, we don't know everything. We, uh, we just try to, try to act like we do, I'm just telling you, but the trifecta right there, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. And we're going to be talking about one of those this morning, but we're in a very special new series called Redigging Wells, Redigging Wells. And uh, God gave me this word actually during kind of like our Christmas break of really, God, what do you want us to really anchor on in all of 2024? Like if we were to put a stake in the ground that everything we do in our kids' ministry, everything we do, small group's going to start in the next few weeks. We'll give you some uh, information on those coming out soon. If we're going to like stake our, our lives on something, God, what's the word you want us to go all in on? I've noticed uh, even, in, even in like uh, Stanford, Harvard, they've done these studies that, um, that we think we're multitaskers and we think we're good at it. But when they actually start doing the research, they find out actually that when we have our hands to many different things, we might get them done, but it won't be at the excellence that it could be if it's only one thing. And so we really kind of take that on here at New Wave Church, that man, if we're going to camp our lives around one idea, let's get around this idea of redigging wells. So this idea of redigging wells, God gave me this, this passage going back in, into the Old Testament. I shared it last week. Please go back and listen to that podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, Apple Music, all that good stuff but really just talked about that the revival, that every great revival, every great move of God has certain ingredients. The problem is this, that we abandon them. Yeah. And, uh, and so you might have heard, maybe if you're young here, maybe you've heard even on, even maybe on documentaries, you've seen Mighty Moves of God. I'll never forget, even a few years ago, someone sent uh, my wife and I actually a, um, a soundbite from a revival that was actually taking place here in Michigan. And you can hear See, see, revival has a sound. And so in these atmospheres of lives being changed and people crying out, and at the same time, how do you know what revival is? People are celebrating, and then people are mourning at the same time. That's what revival does. On some people are celebrating because they're like, man, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting 20 years for this. Man, this is the time. They're celebrating on others. When revival gets communicated, they're finding out how far they drifted away from God. And we're like, look, 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 both of those type of sounds take place in revival. But there's certain ingredients that happen in revival. We believe this, that there's wells in this region. I'm just telling you, if you, if you begin to study, like, like old, uh, like Detroit when it was first founded, you're finding out of like priests. I'm just telling you. That when like the city was on fire, that they were the first one to establish a church in that area for people to come and get, and get their, their, uh, their social stuff, but their spiritual needs met. But there's, there's revival all over. The thing is that we've abandoned those wells of revival. So what we're going to be doing in 2024 is I'm going to preach the Bible. I'm going to talk about topics that are not popular anymore. But can I tell you, the, the, these topics carry the very breath of God. These topics uh, have the anointing of the Holy Spirit that I'm just telling you right now. They're not old school. They're not like, hey, that was cool yesterday. And here's what's interesting about our culture. We have no problem taking this fashion out of the 80s and wearing those clothes again. You know what I mean? It's like stuff right now. It's like tight pants. And then it's like, no, they're loose pants. I'm like, hey, honey, before, my, my daughters, hey, before like you wore those, we did. In the 90s, I wore those same things. But, it's, but there's trends, right? But there are things in Scripture, I'm just telling you right now, is that they're always meant to be popular. There are certain ideals. 
there are certain things, and this is what we're going to be talking about every single uh, month this, this year, about different topics that we as New Wave Church, is that we're going to take a couple steps back, and we're going to see revival in this time. We're already seeing 116 people have given their lives to Jesus in 17 weeks. I'm just going to tell you right now, that's not revival, though. Just let me be clear on that. Everyone thinks that what's revival? People getting saved. No, no, no. That's a symptom of it. You know what revival is? It's the people of God awakening up and becoming who God has intended them to be. The problem is we've walked away from our identity. We've walked away. We're trying to be like everybody else. So we're trying to be like everyone else, but we compromise our DNA. And what revival, what happens when revival is, is when the people of God go, oh my gosh, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. It always starts off in repentance. God, forgive me for what I've done. I'm so sorry for what I've done. I've grieved your heart. And God, right now, I agree with you that what, the life I'm living is not in agreement with what you have for me. God, I'm just telling you, revival always starts in humility. And then what takes place? I mean, I can just keep going down to this. Then we have an appetite for the local church. This idea of, man, it's like me and Jesus all by ourselves and the low of your Christianity, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you struggle with that idea, I'm just going to tell you this, it's completely unbiblical. In Scripture, they met from house to house, and they met in Solomon's portico, both. The small gathering and the big gathering. I'm just telling you right now, people experiencing life change, becoming who they are, they never became that way by themselves. And I just have to kick that sacred cow over. Me and Jesus, we're cool. Are you cool? Are you? No, I know, look, let's see. No, yeah, you're, you're changing all by yourself. No, no, look, can I just tell you, God can speak to you in those moments, but it's the family of God that we begin to become who God's called us to be. I just got to kick that thing around the teeth this morning. So why we abandon wells? I think there's four ideas why we abandon these wells is relevance. Man, it's 2024. Like, it's, it's rele- is that really relevant? Is the idea of talking about sin of talking about the areas of sexuality, is talking about the areas of same-sex marriage, uh, same-sex marriage, talking about these ideas like, no, we don't go there. Oh, really? We don't go there? Uh, the problem with that is, is it's all over Scripture. And, and, and I'm, I'm just telling you this. I'm, I'm just fired up today. It must be the snowy day outside. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. Is that, it's, it's like we get so offended about, that, about where the world's going, the way it's, it's, it is in our living rooms, as we're blogging in our grandma's basement, okay? But when it comes time for the people to arise and to be able to walk out who we are, we become fearful and, and, and lack courage. And I'm just telling you, this is the hour that, no, 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 the things of Scripture have always been relevant. Just are we tapping into that well? It's relevance. Another reason why I, th- I believe we abandon these wells is we don't want to appear religious, Okay, let me, let's help out some vocabulary here today. I would agree with us, this idea. If you think religious is legalism, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't want to appear legalist. Yeah, legalist is this, that I have to do all of these things to be able to be in right standing with God and to somehow have access to heaven. I have to do all these things. The problem with that is the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all those people, is that they adopted that idea. Is that not, look, it's Jesus is in front of them and they're missing out on them. Yeah. Why? Because they were legalists, not religious. See, the re- idea of religion is, no, you're, you're com- completely devoted, fully devoted follower of, of whatever your deity is. If that makes me relig- religious, I am 100% religious. I am. I give my money I, to, to, back to God. I worship God like he's still alive. I you see all these things. If that makes me religious, I'm religious. I'm cool to be with that, but I'm not legalist. And we've used these slogans like, man, no, no, I'm, I'm not religious, I have a relationship. 
Cool. But does that relationship applaud you to continue to live the same lifestyle? Sorry, I got to step on those things. This is the type of jargon. I'm just encouraging. I'm going a little hot today, but I'm feeling good today. A little bit hot today. These are the things I'm just telling you. Just a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Remember that story in the Bible? They're getting the boat. Jesus did this miracle feeding 5,000. It's a really, really cool story of God's just multiplication miracle. And they get in the boat, and Jesus begins to talk about the leaven. And the, and the, and the uh, disciples, I love them, because I would do this too. And they're like, um, Jesus, is it because we don't have any bread? And Jesus is all, no. And then they get it. He's like, no, they're talking about the legalist, the legalism of the religious people. And see, but there's things that could just get in us. It's a little bit of a thought. I just want to just kind of pull those slivers out of us. I'm just telling you right now, the church that God is raising up in this hour, the revival that we get to participate in is us being able to have our minds renewed to the things of the Bible. Can we do that today? Okay, amen. We don't want to appear religious. Number three, um, evangelize. Like, we don't want to offend anybody. And I'm just going to tell you this. Individuals are called to join us. We're not called to join them. Can I be a little bit bold today? Even Jesus, in the moments when he was considered a drunkard, a glutton, and all of that stuff, they said, oh, man, he's just like them. No, no, no. The thing is, he was in the room, but he wasn't participating in what they were doing. And so we've done this stuff all the time. I'm just, I'm kicking over every type of seeker-sensitive garbage that has just corrupted the church. I'm going in hot today. If you're a guest with us, I still love you. That's my smile. I love you. I love you. But at the same time, I'm tired of this stuff. I'm tired of this stuff. Getting So here's what we do. So I'm going to get boozed up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play poker. And, and, and because I was a part of the church, I'm going to have a little Bible study around alcohol. Sweet. That's a great idea. Not. So you're going to go ahead and get to their level and somehow think that they're going to come up. It's not going to happen. Again, I'm, I'm stepping on toes today, but I just want to just encourage you today. Go ahead and raise a high standard, not perfection. Raise a high standard for people to come and meet you at. Why marriages, I believe, don't succeed from day one is this. There's somebody right here sold out for Jesus. And there's someone else out here that doesn't know Jesus or has a compromised relationship. And because they did not take their time, here's what happened. This person came up a little bit and this person came down. That's always what takes place in, in, the, in the life of the believer as well. That's why even the Old Testament, Jesus calls his people, I mean, God calls his people an adultish generation. It's because we were called not to be common individuals. We were called to have a, a, a personal relationship with Jesus, but that was our identity, is our faith in him. Okay, so evangelize. And I don't, I don't want to go back to these wells because I, I need to evangelize. No, 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 no. Raise a high standard. And number four, this is just straight up. Laziness. Just laziness. I'm accepted as I am, therefore I don't need to do anything. I'm just going to encourage you this. Um, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and you, perf- you, you uh, believe that in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you are saved. Okay, theologically, I have no problem with that. That's true. But I'm just going to tell you this. You're going to miss out the rest of your life. You're going to miss out the rest of your life if you decide to adopt a certain lifestyle. A certain, actually, let me, let me step back here. Theological stuff. I'm just going in my mind. Your behavior should validate that you're saved. Okay? And so the scripture I read right now, it's not just about getting saved. It's about finishing well. Jesus says this all the time. How do you know that you're a true follower of mine? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
It's not we do the commandments so we so God knows we love. So we don't we don't we don't try to use the commandments as an access to love, but because He loved us, we respond in regards to the commandments. Okay, guys, this is just Bible teaching. But what's happened is we've taken all these little, oh, that sounds good, that sounds good, and we've kind of adopted this theology that is causing the people of God to live low. And I don't want that anymore, as you can tell. So I'll get it into the rest of the message. That's just an introduction. So here's my big idea today. Digging always is accompanied with doing. So all these ideas. Talking about laziness. Therefore, I am, you know, I'm saved, I can't do anything. No, no. Digging always has to do with doing. As much as the homeboys today dug out the trailer with their shovel today, they, they did. See, they, they physically did something, but actually had spiritual results. They might not know it yet. But because of their doing, it allowed us to be able to come together today and have a great service today. Very practical idea. But digging always has it with doing. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 18 says this. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and is lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also by faith, if it does not have works, it is dead. Do you understand this? We flip this thing on its head, it's heretical. Okay? We don't use the access of the idea of works as a means of faith. But when we have faith, our life should look different. We should stand out. We should be in different environments going, hey, hey, like, we're doing all this, but why aren't you participating? You see? These are the, this is the reason that makes us distinct. I just want to encourage you with that today. The Christians, see, Christians don't need more information. We don't. I'm just telling you, we got podcasts for days. We don't need more information. We just need more follow through. And I just want to talk about one of those ingredients today. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not the most popular, popular uh, subject, but it is probably the, one of the greatest spiritual disciplines that will change your life that actually New Way Church just entered into seven days ago. Because I could tell, I didn't have coffee for the last seven days. I'm doing pretty well, but we're in a fast right now. I want to talk about fasting today. Here's what we know about fasting. It's probably the most powerful and undervalued disciplines in all the Bible. You remember how I talked about the trifecta, if I can remember them? Praying, giving, and fasting. Know what I noticed? Is if, uh, I just prom- I, I'll just kind of, kind of bring this all together. I have found that people don't give, probably won't tithe, and won't pray. Okay? But people that tithe most likely give and pray. You see? There's a, it's, like a, it's like a stool that supports, that's able to support something. And I just want to talk about one of the legs of the stool today called fasting. See, fasting's all over the Bible. Esther holds a fast in preparation before she goes before the king, knowing her life was at stake. This was actually called an absolute fast, which actually she t- talked to her, her, uh, her maidservants and said, we're not going to drink any food or any water. This is crazy because I know my people, there's a major genocide about ready to take place, and we're going to do an absolute fast, and we're going to seek God with all of our hearts. I'm just telling you, if you're going to fast, I wouldn't encourage that without like a physician's like note, Okay. There are other types of fasts. There, there, there's a partial fast. And so maybe you're uh, no food, no food, you're putting food aside. And then I'm going to talk about the reason why uh, actually in this message, but then you're just drinking water. Okay, that's another fast. There's another one called the Daniel fast, which a lot of us are doing right now from the book of Daniel. It's vegetables, it's water, and it's not very fun, but it's healthy. Um, 
and I'll get into the reason why it's so, it's so helpful but, of fasting, but there's different types of fasts, but they're all throughout the Bible. The Ninevites, the Ninevites, right? Remember Nineveh, that corrupt city in the book of Jonah? The Ninevites hold a fast once they hear the judgment of the Lord and God forgives them. You know what's crazy about fasting? They were never taught it. Okay? And we as believers, as Christians, not, there's other faith traditions too that believe in fasting too. There's power in it. This is why. Jesus actually fasted for 40 days to declare mastery over his human nature before he was tempted by the devil. 40 days and 40 nights, and then he goes into temptation. Cornelius, an amazing passage in Acts chapter 10. He's a Gentile. He's a God-fearer. It actually says in Scripture, he's a devout man. He fasted and was given a vision to go to, to, to get Peter, who ends up sharing the gospel with him and his household and all gets saved. There is power in fasting. I'm going to talk about three ideas today. But when we fast, when we decide to put something that's important to us, to be able to go after that's something important to God, I'm just going to tell you right now, you are taking your faith and your spiritual maturity to the next level. I love getting to plant a new church for this, one, one, of, one of many reasons, but this, this big one here. People said, hey, Pastor Chris, I've been in church a long time, and I've never fasted in my life. I am so excited. I'm, I am so happy. Let's talk in seven days and see how you're doing. No, I'm just kidding. There's power in it, of this idea of fasting. We'll get into it today. You guys with me? All right, uh, Daniel chapter 10. This is going to be our main passage for today. Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. I'm going to the New King James Version today. And NKJV, somebody? All right, some people think, oh, the, the, new, the uh, King James is the, is the only uh, anointed spiritual, supernatural. That's not true. But New King James, um, it, it's describing some of the words a little bit better than usually our ESV that I go to. So, all right, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar, which means this, Baal protect the king. I'll get into that for a se- in a second. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. How many days is that? 21 days. I ate no pleasant food. Say pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled, 21 days. Verse 4, now on the 24th day, on the first month, I went down to Coney Island. No, I'm just kidding. Now, <laughs> she guys are with me. Now on the 24th day, on the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a, cur- a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold and uphaz. His body was like burl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Isn't that beautiful? Just how it's written out there. Verse 7, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. They didn't get to see it. But a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I re, uh, retained no strength. Verse 9, yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. This is quite the God encounter, isn't it? Verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. 
And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. Can you say that? Greatly beloved. beloved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Sometimes God encounters are like that. Sorry. Verse 12. Hopefully this table doesn't fall over. Verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, say first day, that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, it's an idea of an archangel, there's, there's different, there's different uh, like a military, there's different rankings of angels. One of the chief princes came to came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. If you're taking notes, the title of my message today is called Becoming Desirable. Becoming Desirable. What's interesting about this, um, this passage right here is I want to give you some context of Daniel and his life. Because Daniel wasn't just the things in which he did, it, what he did, fasting was one of them, but it was also the man in which he, he was in the, in the area in which he was. Daniel is an upright man. He's actually taken along with Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, and those actually are not their Jewish names, and they're taken into Babylon. And their names, and here's what happened to these four, Daniel included, they wanted to change his name. You know why they wanted to change their names? Because names have to do with identity. It kind of sounds like 2024, doesn't it? We're calling things that actually are, are not a part of how God created us. Names. We're calling them names. There's different nouns and stuff. I won't go down that road. You know exactly where I'm going. They wanted to change his name identity. They wanted to change his diet. Check out all of Daniel chapter 1. All of this is right here in one chapter. They wanted to change his diet. Know why? Because it has to do with his conviction. Diets have to do with appetite, doesn't it? Man, if we could change their name and their diet, we already got their identity and their conviction. But then they go a step further. They wanted to change his education. Read this at the end of Daniel chapter 1. Know why? Because education has to do with your, your thinking. Because we understand this, an environment can change your identity, conviction, and thinking. Guess what? They are able to change you. That's what happens. And welcome to 2024. In Daniel 1, he decided beforehand, I love this. I think it's verse 9. Please read it. It said, Daniel decided beforehand not to defile himself with what? The king's luxuries. What do we call them? Food. Instead, what Daniel did, he devoted himself to vegetables and water, and he fasted. And here's what we're going to get into today. That I just believe this. After this message right now, you're never going to think about fasting the same again. I believe, I'm just going to even want to encourage you right now before even the end of the message. If you're like, hey, Pastor Chris, I know you guys have been in seven days. I want to jump in starting today or tomorrow. I just want to jump in this fast because of the power of it. Because here's what happens when we fast. The first thing happens, favor comes. Favor comes. What happens a lot of times is this idea of favor is, again, kind of getting, getting these ideas correct, is we, we confuse favor and love together. Here's the promise of God. Once you put your faith in him, guess what? There is a love relationship. You're his kid now. You're actually born into a family. You're not adopted into that family. You are born into that family. That's correct theology when it comes to that. But what happens is now you are loved, and that love will never end. 
You can't get an amen in the house. But here's what I will tell you, though, is that we, there's difference between love and favor. And I believe every believer is loved. But I believe this. There are certain instances in our life when we get the favor of God. And one of them is this, is when we fast. Well, pastor, I don't like that very much. We live in a culture where, here's why you don't like that. Everybody gets a trophy. Heaven is the same for everybody. Do you know, actually, that's incorrect. I can't wait to take, start a new wave college here to get this theology all correct. Go into Revelation. Guess what? There's different areas of heaven. There will be people that we will realize in our souls that have more than us. Now, there's no sin, so there won't be jealousy. But the idea is there's different things given to individuals and different rewards. I'm just telling you right now, heaven is not the same for everybody. Everybody gets the same talents. No, they don't, do they? I'm just telling you right now. Is that the reason why we don't like this idea of favors? We think everybody happy, but when you have a biblical understanding, that is not actually biblical at all. January chapter 10, verse 3, uh, verse three I'm going to jump to verse 10. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all until three whole weeks were fulfilled. I'm going to jump to verse 10 real quick. I'm going to match these things up in a second. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. It's interesting. The idea of pleasant food, pleasant and beloved, are actually the same Hebrew word for kamad. It means, it means this, desirable. Here's what fasting does, is that when we put down something that's desirable to us, is that we actually become desirable to God. That's what, fasting hap- that's what happens in fasting. Is that even for some of you, maybe you're striving for knowledge, wisdom, good words. I would say this, strive to be desirable. Strive to be someone like this. Think about it. I even had this picture of living in such a way that we're able to put away something that's important to us to be able to focus on something that's important to God. Do you know the sweet aroma of that to God? Now, does his love change? No, it doesn't. But does his favor change? Absolutely. Because of what God does in the life of Daniel. Daniel was a man that was able to withstand. And if you, if you were in Sunday school long enough, you could hear these stories. Man, of him being able to stand up into a place that unless you bow down, you're getting thrown in the furnace, that type of environment. But it was the favor of God that even in a, in a pagan Babylonian culture, Daniel continued to get promoted. What was that? What do we call that? Favor. Joseph was the same way. You study the idea of favor all throughout the Bible. You will see on their life, they were fasters. They were fasters. It had a physical decision that actually reached out something spiritual. So when we are desirable, here's, here's what we can expect. What we are praying for is heard in greater measure. What we pray for is heard in greater measure. It's wild, parents, you know what, exactly what I mean. There's one thing when, you're, when your kid shouts your name, or sorry, says your name. Like, dad, mom, right, you hear that? And then us, we're like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, I've heard that 50 times a day. But when they shout your name... It has a different meaning, doesn't it? I believe that's the exact same thing that takes place when we fast. It's a shouting that's taking place. God, this is important to me. And because it's important to me, I know it's important to you. So crazy, Tuesday nights, we actually go and pray together. You're you're welcome to join us Tuesday night, Clover Designs. Follow us on, um, go to our website. We're praying as a church on Tuesday nights because it's important to us what God is going to do in this region. You guys are important to us, so we pray for you. Your families are important to us. Politicians are important to us. Know how leaders and, and godless leaders are removed from offices is people that fast. 
Thank you, honey. For thank you. Thank you for shouting me down. I'm just telling you. But see, it's that type of it's that type of hunger. You see that? Even using that word, a something else rather than satisfying my own natural need that gets the attention of God. Because like I said, what is important to us becomes important to God. I'm just going to tell you this in a fast. If it doesn't matter to you, it's not going to matter to God. That's what the power of fasting is. Seven days in right now. You know, it's not, it, I'm not trying to say that as a big deal. I'm trying to say this. I could feel a difference when I pray, when I, when I, when I encourage somebody, when I write something, when I go, it, it, because there, there's a different level of connection with God when you're in a place of desperation. And what's amazing about putting aside food or whatever your fast is, we understand, God, I don't really need this. What I really need in my life is you. You are my source. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You guys with me today? He is my substance. He is my source. He is my life. Secondly, fasting does this. It, it unleashes heaven. Unleashes heaven. I believe most Christians are unaware that when they came to faith, here's what happened. They entered into a family and into a body, but also into a fight. I was just talking with someone, right, just, just the other night. We had, we had someone over at our house, and we, we were just love having this conversation. Because there are people that showed up to prayer meetings and stuff that aren't used to people that are excited about their faith. You know what I mean? That believe actually the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation and we don't tear out Acts or we don't tear out Romans or, or how about we don't tear out Ephesians chapter 6. We don't tear out Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm just telling you right now, I just want to encourage you right now. If you were a part of a church, here's 2024 for you, that somehow flipped over those passages really, really fast. I just want to encourage you, go back to those things and participate in the things that Jesus came to die for. Jesus was filled more of the Holy Spirit than anyone else. You know that? Because kids came to Jesus. And if anyone knows that people are weird, it would be kids. Kids have no problem being around Jesus. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to participate in this spirit-filled life. Why? Because it will make me weird. No, 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 no. It won't make you weird. It will make you powerful. It won't make you weird. It will give you witness. It won't make you weird. You'll actually have visions and dreams. And, and man, in the last days, man, it's your old man. What are they going to Your old man, they're going to dream dreams. And your young man, they're going to have visions. And this isn't going to just be reserved for the elite. This is going to be for men, women, servants, and maidservants. Man, it's for everybody. I am shaped by the prophetic words in my life. I would not be a preacher today if it wasn't for someone that in the lowest parts of my time, I'm just being real with you today, when I'm like, man, I'm going through it, God, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm frustrated, I don't want to have any of this relationship with you anymore. Because here's why, once I decided to go all in, my life got nuts. You guys ever feel like that? Of course you do, because that's real life. But it's somebody that believes in the prophetic, that believes in the supernatural, decides to go, go you know, I was at a small group meeting, you remember that meeting? I'll never forget, I was crying on the way. I was crying on the way to the small group. I'm like, I said, honey, I said, it was a really difficult time. Faith being challenged, being all this stuff taking place. I remember walking in and a guy, seen him in church before. Not, not a real like, like loud guy, not a real like, he'd probably consider himself more of an introvert. We were around a piano and we were having just this time of prayer. But can I tell you, I was a ticked off, I was ticked off worshiping. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, You're just angry at God, but you're in the house of God, but you're angry, you know? 
And I'm sitting there, and I just remember, like, tears started coming down my eyes. And the guy across the room, right at the end, I'm just telling you, these are the moments. These are the moments. I'm just saying, if we don't throw this part out, I'm saying, I do not know where I would be today. And he, he looks over at me and sends a word. I won't give it to you specifically, but sends a word that turned my world right side up. It was the moment of the supernatural that he decided to take a risk. I'm just going to tell you, this is why we prophesy here. That's why we believe in the gifts. I would rather feel something in my heart, take a risk and be bold with it and be wrong then have something in my heart and keep silent about it. And someone walks out of here one Sunday and go, man, that was the word I actually needed. If you don't know about any of that stuff, we'll teach you here. We'll teach you here. But we're also in a fight, a spiritual fight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I'm just gonna tell you, there's another dimension right now that as we're meeting here today, we're engaging with right now, okay? We know that right now. We might feel it. Maybe if you're a guest with us today, you might be thinking, man, great vibes here. Great vibes. Great vibes. Man, pure energy, man, good. Coffee, good vibes. No, that's the Holy Spirit. That's, a, that's an angelic world in which you're engaging in right now. It is. But see, there's a present darkness. You know, you, know, you know, the issue isn't man, isn't woman, isn't our government, isn't all that stuff. It's a spirit. That's why we can love an individual but not like the spirit in which they're operating. It's a principality. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. It's not against person. It's not, it's, it's, it's not natural, but, has, but, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And this is the power of prayer, but it's also the prayer of the, the power of fasting. Here's why. God has given us fasting as the means of breakthrough. Fulton Sheen says this, someone I don't even know, but I like what he said. He says, as fasting detaches you from this world, prayer reattaches you to the next world. That's what fasting does. Maybe for you today, maybe you can't seem to get free of addiction you know, over and over again. Like, man, you don't want to come today because you know you're struggling with something. Maybe it's pills. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's a, fr a frame of reference in which you were raised in over and over. And you say, man, I just can't get free. I can't get free. Maybe you can't seem to get healed. Maybe it's physical or maybe it's mental. Maybe you're under constant resistance. Maybe how about this? Let's just be real. You're tithing, but you always seem to be in need. Maybe you're facing an impossible situation or person. Maybe you need significant wisdom about a big decision you're making. I'm just going to tell you this. Fasting releases the heavenly armies. Guess what happens here 21 days? 21 days. Daniel is in his fast. Vegetables, water, that's all he's eating. And it says, as Daniel's seeking the Lord... From the first day, from the first day. Did you know as soon as you engage in the spirit, as soon as you engage in the, in the, in the, in the supernatural, there's stuff happening right now. I heard even a, someone, uh, uh, um, a quote that said this, man, if, if when we prayed, we knew what was happening in the next world, we would never stop praying. I love that passage, or sorry, that quote. But see, as soon as we start fasting, something takes place. And here's what happened when it came to this idea of a prince of Persia. 
Of course, it wasn't there, you know, in the heavenly place, a a prince of Persia. And it was like, you know, in our natural sense of a king sitting there with a crown. No, it was a principality over Persia. Do you know there's a prince of something over the state of Michigan? Do you know there's actually a principality over Orange County where I was? Materialism. You know, Botox for days, somebody. You know, it's like, look, I've been a part of that world. But know why they go there? Know why they go there? I know it's funny. Know why they go there? It's a principality. I'm just going to preach today. Do you know why we stay low here and believe that God can do absolutely nothing in this state? Because that's a principality here. We're going to keep you down as long as possible. Because if you wake up, I know what actually you could do in the, against the gates of hell. That's a principality. Let's keep them small. They don't know. No, don't let them know that Michigan's lions. Don't let them know that they can roar. Don't let them know that they're strong. Don't they know that they're, don't let them know that they're allowed to rule. Don't let them know that. Because here's it, let's just keep them down. Can I preach a little bit? Just showing up to the scene in Michigan, I feel it. That's what I feel everywhere I drive. We're not worthy, we're not worth it. You know, our, 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 our best days are behind us, not in front of us. Man, that was awesome. Was that revival cool? Yeah, God can't do that anymore. That's a principality. And how we are able to come against these principalities is in the area of fasting. Why? Because fasting releases the heavenly armies. And when we uh, allow the heavenly armies to come, here's what happens. Desperate situations require desperate measures. There will be times in your life that prayer, Bible reading, and godly counsel won't fix your problem. Does, is, there, is there power in prayer? Of course. Do we want to pray for you? Of course. we got people that would pray for you right here after service. We have no problem doing that. We love it. People are like, man, I didn't know people could pray for so long. Yes, we can. We love to pray, but there's something different. When you take an individual that is praying, but they're fasting at the same time. It's like taking your, your Big Mac at McDonald's, and you just got the whole stinking Big Mac meal. It adds something on to your spiritual life that has power. And I'm just going to tell you this. When something is taken over your family, something has caused damage to your finances, and I'm just telling you this, and you are being faithful. You're being faithful. You love God. But there's something continuing to come against you. I'm just telling you, you might be dealing with the principality. And how we are able to break things off is prayer, but also fasting. Matthew chapter 17, I'm not going there. There's a boy with a demon. You guys know the story. He was, he would, uh, the demon would throw himself in water. And some of you are like, man, I don't, I don't really know if demons are, are real. I'm just going to encourage you this right now. They're as real as anything else. That's exactly what, C.S. Lewis even wrote this. The problem with the demonic these days is people have this, have too much attention in them. You've been around those people? A demon, there's a demon behind the drums. The demon, the demon just, just I, 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 I drove in here and I almost went off. No, no, you're a bad driver. You see what I mean? It's like, there's demons everywhere. Okay, so too much attention to those things. But then here's the other one, not attention at all. It's just that person. No, no, do you see what that person said to me? You see, you see what I mean? It's, it's, it's now bringing that together. Okay, and demons are real. Boy, boy with the demon thrown into water, thrown into the fire. And the disciples asked this, Jesus, why could we not get this demon out of him? You said we could. He says this, this one. You guys with me? This one. For some, this one. This one only comes out by prayer and fasting. See, disciples, what Jesus is saying, your life has to look a little bit different. There's got to be a certain tenacity and a desperateness as the people of God to be able to see this sucker come out. 
You see, that's what fasting does. It releases, it releases a power and authority, a favor, but also unleashes heaven on your behalf. You guys with me today? Here's the last thing about fasting. I'll have Nate come up and play some keys. Last thing, uh, last thing is fasting has a, has a posture. Fasting has a posture. Have you ever told, have you ever had a relative that just said to you, they said, uh, put your chest up. All right, don't, don't lean forward. You ever had that? Yeah, everyone kind of has that person in their mind. Hey, don't slouch. Hey, get your head, hey, hey, you know, you get all that going on. It's a posture. And, and here's why people would say that, because our posture sends a message. What's amazing about fasting is it's probably one of the most beautiful postures in the believer's life. It's right here, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he said to me, right, the angel, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, to understand and to humble yourself, to seek to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. See, it wasn't Daniel just choosing, you know what, I'm gonna put away the wine, I'm gonna put away the meat, I'm gonna put away the luxuries of the land. It was Daniel's heart that he decided to grab a hold of to be able to see God with. You know what leads to fasting is your heart. Do you know why we continue to fast as a church? It's because of our heart and our posture. I'm just gonna just speak for years to come. Every single January, we will fast for 21 days. It's a time for us at the beginning of the year is God, before we ask for the next 11 months, 11 months, God, for just one month, we as the people of God are gonna get our hearts in the right posture. We're gonna seek to understand and we're gonna humble ourselves. And I'm just gonna tell you right now, if you're fasting and you're not seeking God or humbling yourself, know what you're doing? You're on a diet. Never fast and don't pray. That would be like going to the gym and staying in the shake shop and you're not lifting any weights. We're deceiving ourselves. But there's power when we fast because fasting is an outward display of an inward reality. Outward display of an inward reality. Here's just a couple questions for you today. How can you hear when you're not wanting to listen? How can you be taught when you already know the answer? Do you know every single week when I come to preach, I know people are thinking stuff all across. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't correct. That verse wasn't right. Oh man, if he da 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 blah, 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 whatever. Do you know I could actually have a, I could have Messiah Morton. Hey, Messiah, come here, buddy. Little guy. He always got a cute fit too, man, this kid. He's a better dresser than anyone in, in this room is telling you. And Messiah learned something, new wave kids, comes up here, comes up here, give him a microphone. I go sit there and he decides to tell me something about Jesus. Do you know I can learn anything under the sun from Messiah if I decide to posture my heart correctly? I, we can learn from anybody. It doesn't need to be some celebrity preacher doesn't need to be some, you know, some of the greatest people that changed the world were Sunday school teachers. 
And if we want to be a people, I just, again, it's posture. I want to get our church in such a place and a posture to receive anything that God has to say. In this room right now even, there are people right now that are absorbing everything I'm saying. And you could be sitting right next to that person and this is going completely over your head. Can I just encourage you even right now, if this is even just the whole part of the message, would you for the next 12 months go all out for God, seek to understand Him, and humble yourselves before Him? How about this question, how can you be taught when you already know the answer? And how could you be led when you already know the way? The truth is you can't. And what fasting does is allows our lives and our hearts to have such a correct posture that God, I'm not speaking to be heard right now, I'm seeking now to understand. God, I, I've, I've made a wreck of my life. God, I'm surrendering it to you because you could do way more with my life than I can. God, I'm putting away this, this comfort, I'm putting away this to be able to be able to encounter you at a deeper level. That's when God is able to pour out everything he has. That's called God's manifest presence. God's presence is here. God's presence is with two or three when we're gathered, he's in our midst, that's his presence. But when God manifests his presence, think about it this way, it's the heavenly flex. People get healed, people get touched, people get words of wisdom and knowledge like Daniel and like Joseph, they get visions in their mind about the future, about their situation, because God's manifest presence is poured out. Revivals take place in manifest presence atmospheres. So when things are moving in such a way, it's because the presence of God is moving because he's honored in that room. It says in scripture that Jesus wasn't even, he wasn't honored in his hometown because he was among his relatives. They saw Jesus as common. And he said he was able to do very little miracles there. Even the power of God still in such a dishonoring culture, he was still able to do miracles there. But what if, here's my point, here's my point. What if we decided to honor him to the highest level? God, you created me. I didn't create you. I'm made in your image. You're not made in my image. God, you have full access to my house, my marriage, my job, my vocation. God, you have access to all of it. He's one of the stories of scripture over and over and over again. It was a moment when a character in scripture decided to release their entire life to God. He goes, thank you, I've been waiting for that. And then he begins to do the supernatural in their life. That's gonna happen in this church. That's gonna happen today. I believe God's gonna heal some people today. And it's not because the message was so good, it's because our God is that good. Would you stand to your feet today?